Are you wondering how you can contribute to Funniest Thing? Don't flip out. Go to patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Whoa! This one is called The Pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Are you ready for a revolution in your thinking? We are. (laughs) This is Funniest Thing. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. Today's show is called Relax and Enjoy the Show with Satish Kumar. We do not need to feverishly hustle to make sure everything will turn out right. We attract all that turns out right by being at peace. On this episode, Daryl and Ed make it clear that surrender relieves mental pressure and grants access to God's law of adjustment. God's law of adjustment always brings about miraculously good results. And during the second segment, Radical Lover Boy, Satish Kumar, author of the book Radical Love, will help us relax our grip and enjoy the trip with today's reading, Relax, and a lot more. So we're very excited. Our, fr- our good friend, uh, former guest on the show, listener, practicer of these principles, Grace Deathridge, was so excited to recommend that Satish come on the show. So we are excited to speak with him during the second segment. Um, you want to tell people how to be a member of the Funniest Thing Club, or did you have something else you wanted to? Well, I'm just excited about everything we discussed before the show. We really got a lot of exciting things to share. I'm glad uh, one of us remembers what that yeah, was. Yeah, from one little pamphlet book that we're going to be talking about called Secrets by Francis Wilshire. But like I just mentioned, you may already be a uh, member of the Funniest Thing Club. Correct, correct. Because we're just simply a group of truth enthusiasts who live each day as ambassadors of God's love. As we consciously radiate love, we perform everyday miracles and experience better-than-expected outcomes. If you're already living this way or strive to, then you may consider yourself a member. And the best part is we motivate one another by simply sharing how miracles occurred naturally in our circumstances as the result of living lovingly and expectantly. So it really is a great... uh, uh, I don't even want to say coincidence, a great, um, what would you call it, that we have Satish on, the Radical Lover Boy, author of Radical Love. I mean, it it fits perfectly with oh, what we're yes. talking about. Serendipitous coming together of yes. the right person, the right theme. I I'm, I'm act- we, we were talking before the show, I'm excited to hear from someone who is a, does more like activism and things in the world and understand and learn how he... Practices this stuff and uh, and still interacts with that type of like you know like that worldly thing those things that are going on that yes. can be so sticky man it can be hard to stay 
connected with this stuff. So yeah, um, we actually got a little reading on the second half to introduce them with. That I think yeah, from a Butterworth gonna, that I think our listeners are going to enjoy. And it's perfect because it's called "Be a Center of Love." I think it's actually the first Eric Butterworth reading I ever had. It was and it's in a book that I was given at Unity Village the first time we visited there, which brings us to mug shots. Also, we got our coffee mugs today. Um, I'll just say mine real quick since I just happened to mention it. If you're not on YouTube yet, you can go to fun Funniest Thing with Daryl on YouTube and you can see what we're talking about here. Um, so uh, my mug, is a, it says Unity on it, and it actually came from Unity Village. The first time, I think it was the first or second time we visited and we recorded our show when they used to record live podcasts yes. from... Just like in the Unity tradition. Yes. Because they were the first radio station in Kansas City, right? Like yes. The, um, they had that, that radio tower where Charles Fillmore was like, we got to get a radio tower and, and start putting this message out in that way. So when we first started with Unity Online Radio 10 years ago, uh, the, you know Jeff Comfort from the show, he built that uh, online radio station. I mean, yeah. it was very cutting edge in, yeah. the, in the spirit of Unity. Anyway, we did the show. I think it might have been the one we did with Tom Thorpe. Yep. And on the shelf in Jeff Comfort's... Uh, what would you call it? Control room? Yeah, his control uh, from room. From Unity Village. There was this Unity mug, and uh, I asked him if I could have it. So I still drink from it to this day just to um, tap into that spirit. What about you? What's, yours, uh, what's your mug shot for today? I have a fascinating mug. Uh, I don't know if our viewers can see it clearly, but I'll hold it up. It, ha it says, I, I heart my Australian brindle hound. Uh-huh. And we had the story behind the Australian brindle hound. You can actually Google Australian brindle hound, and you will get a page that describes what an Australian brindle hound is. But I have to admit a little secret. I created the page. Because uh, how this happened was we had a pit bull named Gabby. And if you're a longtime listener, you remember Gabby, the postal pit bull. She used to drag our mailbag in every show. She used to drag our mailbag in. And what happened was we were out, Lori and I, and back then, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago, pit bulls were like, ah, it's a pit bull. You know, Persona people, non grata. Yeah. And people would like jump over hedges to get away. Mm. Like it, as soon as they heard it, oh, that's a pit bull. So. Uh, we were with someone, we were just the two of us with Gabby in Pacific Palisades, California, and we went to eat somewhere and we brought Gabby, and the lady next to us was so loving. She said, oh my God, is, the, is this a pit bull? I said, yeah, we had one just like it. And we said, yeah, we're always a little apprehensive about telling people yeah. she's a pit bull because they're fine until they hear she's a pit bull. Right. So the lady says, you know, we have, me and my husband had a brindle just like her, and we would just tell people it's an Australian brindle hound. Uh-huh. And people would all be like, ooh, yes, I've heard of these. And they were very receptive yes. to it. And it really was a, an a, um, experiment, because from then on, you know, if people were a little apprehensive Right. And you could tell, if the, the, is that a pit bull? Like, because they usually ask. Would, yes. And back then it was like, okay, to hate pit bulls. It was right. really crazy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as soon as I would hear, I go, no, 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 this is an Australian brindle hound. And there's something about the words Australian oh, and yeah. hound and brindle right. is disarming. And people would just go, ooh, and come up and pet her. So it was an experiment seeing how you project things or how you, 
how you it really is the power of words really which is what the power of prayer because it's how you how you label something mm. even with thoughts ideas the way we judge things is what we receive mm. and as soon as i would say australian brindle hound and people go well isn't that being deceptive well no because her personality is an Australian brindle hound. Like, yes. the personality is, I'm just labeling the actual characteristics with right. its true nature, right. which is what the power of word really is, where right. we could transform situations, circumstances, and even people in our lives by changing the judgment or the words that we attach or project towards those things. Yes, I agree. I, I, this morning, I've been practicing something I call unconditional approval, because I've been really reflecting on approval. Am I going for people's approval? Am I doing something out of love? And I realized that, like, rather than seeking other people's approval, I'm going to start blessing other people with my unconditional approval. And it's just like the changing the label from the scary thing, people, yes. to I approve of you wholeheartedly, like, I have a feeling this is going to tap into what radical love, it's, what, it's what Satish is. Yeah, it's about detaching with love. I am lo unconditionally loving you and approving of you, even if you do things that don't match up with my list of how someone should do something or how things should go. And it also, I, I feel like this morning, um, yesterday, I, I got into like, or was it the day before? One of these days I was in this, in and out of this funk. Like, you know, I've been having a lot of these moments where I feel really open and then really like, oh, no, my old way of thinking. You know, I think I'm yeah. in one of those growth periods. So it's like either really good or like it feels like, oh, my God, because I'm so sensitive now to my old way of thinking. Yeah. And so it's all, you know, I've been realizing like we always have to come back to this moment and shift our thinking. Like you're saying, stop labeling it a scary pit bull yeah. and start approving of it and loving it unconditionally. So this morning... Now, yesterday I slipped into, I am satisfied. I was affirming, I am satisfied. Like, rather than looking for things to make me yes. feel satisfied, I just start realizing, I got to, I am satisfied now. I got to start with that feeling. And I, so this morning, it was amazing from, you know, it, it, it was a moment where I was in this window of my consciousness where I was, I just let myself be satisfied with every memory that came up, everything that in the past I've struggled with, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. It was such a wonderfully liberating feeling to just stop labeling it something bad and just, I'm satisfied. Because a lot of the labels that I, we pick up, especially when we're young, I realize they're not, they're something someone else's, especially we talk a lot about being empath and being empaths. We take in, and I think everyone really is, we take yeah. in like thoughts and ideas and feelings from the people around us. Remember, uh, Reverend Ike said, it's not just a thought when we're thinking someone else's thought, their whole personality comes with it. So these all, I think I, people around me were not happy like when we moved to California, like their story, they didn't adjust their story. We moved from New York to California when I was five. And so as a little empathic kid, I think that noise of like, thinking we had made a mistake coming, all that stuff was in my brain and I just carried it around and it was too much. This morning I was like, that is way too much for a kid to be carrying around. And so I just switched it. That's not my story. 
my story is I'm satisfied with all of it. I love who I am. I love where I am. I'm, I just was, I'm satisfied and just relaxing. I just relax. It's just allowing me to relax, enjoy the show. Just like with, when you call it a, a Australian Brindlehan. Now you can relax yeah, and enjoy it, the show. It really is an exercise. And what, however, whatever we name, there's even the, in the Bible, whatever, who was it, who, whatever they named the, animals or mm -hmm. things well, i don't know what chapter that's in i don't know if it's god naming them or adam naming them we're not theologians on this show <laughs> but we do use what we find and yeah. understand regularly but it's the same thing however and emmett fox writes about it so you got to be careful how we're naming situations yeah you know what was the thing he said he said instead of Instead of like seeing it as, oh my God, this is going to be a problem, he said, no, anoint it. You can anoint it a blessing instead. Yes. And now this is going to turn out in some miraculous way. It's funny that you're bringing up all these ideas, all these ideas of carrying around guilt from when you were little, because this whole week has been an exercise of me saying, you know what? It's life or death. I am not going to be motivated by guilt. Mm. I've allowed guilt to motivate me too long. Meaning, when I mean guilt, the motivation of whenever you feel obligated, that's guilt talking. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. I mean, I know it now, and I've known it for years, but I, I don't always right. break myself free from it, and I, I give in, and it's always to my own detriment. And I, because of that, uh, this week, I've been thinking, where the hell does all this guilt come from? Because I could think of numerous. And, you know, all the way back when I was uh, eight years old, when my I was thinking right from the beginning, I took on guilt for things that weren't even related to me. I was at my grandparents' house on New Year's when my grandfather was murdered, and I was there. But... When the parents came, you know, the adults, when the adults showed up and were talking about it, I was like, oh, no. You know, I mean, like, I better not let them know that I understand what's going on. Mm. Like, somehow I'm bad because of that. Right. So I hid so they wouldn't know I was there. Mm. And I didn't come out till everything, you know, because it was all chaotic and the ladies went upstairs or whatever. So then I was able to sneak out and kind of play it off like I wasn't privy right, to any of it right and no one really paid any mind to me because it was such a horrific thing that had happened yeah and uh so i was like holy cow all the way from that is the bot is like the bottom line guilt shit feeling shame and guilt and oh god and that is the same thing that even when a little thing happens today that i'm aware of that I think, oh, I better not say anything because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. We talked about something this morning. Like, I yeah. don't want to say anything because it might be taken the wrong way. So I'll just eat it. But of course, Ed and I, this is just how we get it out with each other. We say it like how we would normally relax so that we could right. disengage and come up with a, a healthy solution. So Ed and I both talked and we're both like, yeah, we don't have to do anything. There's yeah. another there's another way of handling this. Right. Where, you know, this 
this is the way and it'll be peaceful for everyone. But I have to realize that when I am thinking that way of either running from something or feel I have to hide or I feel ashamed or better not say anything or feel I better uh, do something or I might get in trouble. Yep. That is guilt. And that you, healthy people don't react that from that place. They don't make decisions from that place, however small. So this whole week, I was like, boom. And some things came up about my mother this week. Oh, that's right. So I have to be, no, you know, I will not. It's life or it really is life or death. And what you were saying, life or death, about guilt when we were in the car the other day. You were saying how it really is life or death because feeling guilty. Right. Because there is always life. Life is eternal. Yes. Well, what I was saying, too, is that there really... What what most of us think of as death, this thing to be feared, doesn't isn't even yeah. real. Yes, death is something we experience when we're in this life, and we are not allowing ourselves and our life force to flow through yes. us. When we're damming the flow of our own joy and enthusiasm. What you were saying made me realize, like, I had this fear, and I think this is why what we're talking about is not about packing the musket, and no, holding it all in and pretending you're relaxed. Because I tried to do that for a long time. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't work. No, most. that's when a lot of times you get in spiritual communities and people go, you know, they like, do these like overly strong, deep breaths to like push down the real stuff that wants to come out. And I was thinking what you were describing, what I can relate it to is like in the past, I was afraid to emotionally take up space. Like there was something wrong. Because I thought if I emotionally express that, then that means that I have to be, then I have to react to it. Oh yeah. So one of the, like one it's one of the things that I got that was good from that spiritual psychology master's program thing I went to is that that whole what's it called the self counseling thing is, and and there's a lot of different versions of this like where you write out you know whether it's morning pages or whatever you want to call it free form yeah. writing, <laughs> but let it all come out. The fear the because what's the negatives negative uh, side effects of all these emotions it doesn't come from just feeling it and experiencing it and even expressing it it actually comes when we react from yeah. that place yes but sometimes we got to let it out and see it like daryl said we talk to each other and be honest about what we're thinking and what we're feeling so that we can then move through it yes because i was equally screwed in the past or uh self-destructive when i would try to push it down i was trying so hard not to react to it that it would then come out in some situation yes. where I couldn't control it or whatever. It would just bubble over and I'd blame it all on someone or something. Yep. And so like when my this self-counseling thing, I just let, I write out, oh, oh, F this, F you, F that person. doesn't matter who, it could be your mom, your best friend, your yeah. wife, whatever it is. Just admit it. Everyone feels and thinks these things. I admit it to myself and then I go into the other part of me because we all have both of these awarenesses. I say... Thank you so much for telling me how you feel. You know, and I appreciate that part of me. Yeah. And then that part, what do you mean you appreciate me? And I let it vent and I say, well, I really hear you have a lot of emotion coming up. This is me to me. To me, yes. Because I'm having to like mechanically develop a relationship with a part of me that in the past I didn't have. And no one was modeling what that was like to have a healthy relationship. So through this practice of communicating with myself and of all the people that I've helped, this seems like the single biggest thing 
Like, because a lot of people do the write it out, write it out, but not a lot of people then tell the part that's writing it out, I love you, and say, oh, yeah. I hear you have a lot coming up. And I'll ask that part of me, what do you want me to know? Once it like lets it out, I'll go, what are you trying to get me? And that part of me will be like, you need to stand up for yourself more. You need, and it's like, all of a sudden this wisdom starts coming through. And now I don't have to argue with the person that's triggering yeah. me or whatever, but I'm getting the message from my own self. And it's not my enemy anymore, even though it, like the very part of me that was upset starts to give me the solutions to what to the, and that's why like you and I uh, get along and, and the way you work with people, like you do it through, you're, you're good at just expressing it without trying to, what's it called? Filter it. That's so important. Cause when I was getting the masters in spiritual psychology too, one of the main things we would, when you're working with someone who would be like, okay, you're talking about this part of you that's feeling this way, but why don't you actually give the feeling a voice? Then once you start doing that, instead of, well, there's a part of me that's mad. Ah. It's like, just be mad for a minute. Let that come out. And then you'll start yes. getting solutions and answers. And then you also start relating to other people more because I'm not pretending to be some puppet or some robot. I'm actually, yes. and then I go, oh, I'm not, I understand why other people have emotions sometimes and I don't take it so personally. Yeah. Yes. Wow. This is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Packing here unexpectedly. Unexpectedly. Let's take a moment, though, to bless the Patreon contributions. We're actually going to try to purchase the website, the web link, potroast. What was it? Potroast.com. <laughs> Just so we can send you to potroast.com and it'll redirect you to Patreon. But for now, we're still at patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Um, we've been calling it this week. This show, where I guess we're always trying to figure out what in the heck are we even doing here? So Yes, what are we doing? Right now, we're calling it a public service ministry. Because that's really what we are. Yeah, it's just a public service ministry. We come, we bring, it can help anyone and everyone that's willing yeah. to listen, that's ready for it. We really um, appreciate all these contributions through Patreon that pay for the studio and just keep the show afloat well, and, and I, actually you're helping get us to get continue getting the message out really yeah because um you know we would do this and we do do it you know we always pick up the slack with uh god's help through contributions from our credit cards <laughs> right right but it's because we want to continue to share this message with as many people who could benefit from it and easily yeah. so they can hear it like you know, like Unity, the reason Charles Fillmore said, let's put it on the radio, because it was a free format right? where pe where he could give it up to a lot more people yeah, um, a lot more efficiently right. than through the mail right? or, you know, meeting, traveling to meet right. or traveling to Missouri for those who wanted to go there in person. Mm -hmm. And this way you could just turn a dial and listen. And that's what we're doing. I mean, you could just... Click this at any time, hear any one of these shows. If you miss something or a topic that you like or heard before and you want to you share that specific little thing with a friend, it's so easy. You just find the episode, you play it for your friend, just that little portion that may right. have helped you or you thought, ooh, Charlie can really benefit if he heard this. Yes. I mean, so that's what you're really contributing to. Right, and on YouTube, there you can share the videos. If Some people yes. prefer to watch, some people prefer, prefer to listen. And But the main thing is, what we want to share is things that have valued and, and really, really saved us, like when we needed real medicine, not someone selling us the medicine, but also having their own interest in it. 
where it got twisted. That's why it's a public service ministry. It's just public service because the world is better when we share our gifts generously with one another. All the solutions are here. That's what we need to realize. We just got to value them enough to share them and trust that we are supported by a loving universe so that when we do that, we bene- we will end up benefiting, even if it doesn't come directly through the channel of Funniest Thing as our income. Our, there's so many other channels by living yes. this way and staying in the flow of prosperity, because this is really prosperity. It includes health, joy, feeling empowered, allowing yourself to take up the space emotionally, but not by like throwing it around, ah, I'm here, but like really just filling up your own space. And then it turns into a radiant light that encourages and inspires others. If you're on Patreon, we've been doing a, um, something to just for ourselves and for the people who are con- contributing, just a little something. Every Tuesday, we've been doing um, a prosperity Zoom class. Grace Dethridge, who hasn't been actually able to attend the Zoom class, said, Thank you, Daryl and Ed and fellow classmates. I love this abundance of recordings I can listen to for inspiration, encouragement, and enjoyment. I have a few classes to catch up on, and I am with you in class via the recordings from afar in a different time zone, feeling very rich with you all in my life. Um, so you can, if you if you don't, if you're not able to attend the Patreon class, you can join us through uh, the recordings. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got a great letter from Nancy Norman. If you want to send us something, funniest thing, PO Box thirteen twelve, Culver City, California nine zero two three two. She sent us a series of amazing birthday cards for our birthdays last month. They're not signed, but we can use them. She said at other times, but she did send us a card and a nice contribution. She said, "Hello, my darlings, Daryl and Ed." Happy belated birthday. All of the enclosed cards just shout it out for um, just shout it out your names. So they carry abundant wishes. I didn't sign them so you can pass them on. If I had signed them, it would have been from me, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, Emily uh, Katie, Emma Curtis Hobson, Emmett, Emmett uh, Fox, and all those um, non-physicals that are thrilled with what you are doing daryl and uh you are daryl and ed you are adored love nancy all right so that was great and she sent us a nice contribution to the show as well yeah did you want to read the quote from okay a quick card from kirky this is worth listening to very little that happens in my daily encounters is worth my worry resentment or feeling sorry for myself If I'm always ready to take offense and be hurt, I'm selling my contentment very cheaply. So don't be cheap. And that is from Kirk. And on the front, it says you are very important. Of course, he's making fun of me. There you go. Oh, wait. There you go. Look look at the face. Wait, I can put it in this. Ah. Nice. That's funny. All right. That's a good one. All right, let's thank Chief Engineer Jeff Comfort because each week he takes us right into the comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Chief Engineer, uh, I mean, uh, Indy out here, Indy Fawcett, oh, Choba. Yeah. Look at this wow. guy. I got my prosperity cigar. If you go on the YouTube, you can see it. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. How you doing today, by the way, besides prosperity cigar? <laughs> doing great. I got a pimple on my nose and covering it up. I was wondering what that star was. Yeah, my girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, love you guys. All right. A few quick readings from Francis. We'll breathe and we'll bring in. Perfect. Because these are going to set up our segment with Satish. Because the true 
it, in truth, we have, we the I we find that it's the raising of our consciousness that creates the change. And there's a yes. book by, called Secrets by Francis Wilshire, and um, this book I think is from 1941. Says she says when your intellect and intuition agree on a thing, it is the most powerful <sighs> feeling you can have, for your intuition is your soul telling you through you that you have the thing you want or that you are the way you want to be. And your intellect does not argue back, but accepts it with childlike faith. It is this childlike consciousness that knows nothing is too good to be true, and that the better it is, the truer it is, for it has just left the mind of God. The reason you are desiring it is because it's so near to you. The stronger your desire for it is, the nearer it is to you. It is this state of nearness to spirit that counts. So it is through me, your childlike spirit of play, that you enter the kingdom of heaven. And then... So that's about when our intuition and our intellect are in alignment. And on page 23, she says, it is a rise in consciousness that does everything for you, such as healing, changing conditions, yes. etc. Think any thoughts that give you a spiritual uplift and a superb feeling of power. They will inspire you to rise up in a consciousness and say to yourself, I am the perfect child of God. God is my father. Then it will be easy for you to get the feeling I and my father are one. And then the last thing yes. we have. I love the last. Is that the one with the joy? Yeah. It yeah, says, this, is, this really is everything in a nutshell. Yeah. So it's, the book is written like through the spirit of joy speaking to you in this yes. part. And it says, now my very own secret for you is this. The feeling of joy has magic within it because on the feeling of joyous love, you streamline yourself right up to God. Then you wish to do things. You wish to do things, which is exhilarating. You transcend the personal feeling of must do and streamline yourself right to the spirit of the thing you are doing or enjoying. This is the way you really savor it. For joy goes, goes up and through you and touches the spirit of the thing you want, first in your own consciousness by making you joyously aware of it. Then the feeling flows out to it with joy and love. In this subtle way, you become conscious of the thing you want. And the law is, when you become conscious of anything, you express it. And when you express it, you have it. It is all a matter of first recognition, then feeling for it and acceptance of it. Yes. And you could change anything you feel like is a burden into a joy. I do it often. Like I'll have my to-do list throughout the week and I keep letting them go when they don't feel good, like joyful to do. Yes. I don't go, it's still got to be done today. Right. Like I have to get some things from Home Depot. And this is a true story. And I've been putting it off because it didn't feel right. It was just this morning that I started getting that enthusiastic, yes. joyful feeling about going, getting the items mm -hmm. I need. And that's when I know it's time to act on it. And every time I do, everything I need seems to come to me efficiently. I meet joyful people in root yes. or as part of the process right. in the interaction of it. And then... The assignment itself or the project, this joy seems to be like a nice uh, tide coming in. And it kind of carries through even the process of completing the project. That's right. It's incredible. And it's, that's what this whole episode, you know, the, the description of it and what we're trying to get across is the peace is the magnet. Like, don't try to do the old way of I'm going to push my way through or I'm going to make it happen. The peace, the joy, 
And then you'll, like she says, it's so perfect. You'll desire to do it. Yes. That's like when I met Tyler, the creator yesterday, that rapper, musician. I was going to ask about him. I, I saw him at the book fair, but I didn't quite, part of me wanted to say hello. Part of me didn't feel right. And I kept putting it on. Like I said, if it feels good and it works yes. out, instead I'm going to get a coffee. And when I got the coffee and I was just standing there next to Stephen Tom Thorpe, and Wait, I look Stephen up. Tom Thorpe? Oh, Stephen Tom Thorpe. Yeah, because he was with us. I thought the rapper's name was Stephen. No, no, I was standing next to Stephen, and then Tower the Creator walked right into my space. And I said, excuse this me. This is how it works. Yeah, I was able to tell him that. I said, are you the one who was your song, the song Potato Salad? I said, my son and I used to listen to it on the way to school every day. And, really like, and then we just had a heartfelt moment, you know, fist bump, and, the, and he went on his way, and it worked out. And sometimes it feels like we really have to cut the wires. Like you said, yeah. Some people say it's counterintuitive to live this way, but no. like you pointed out, it's actually intuitive. It's counterinstinctive sometimes because yes. a lot of our instinct has been conditioned to be fear-based yeah. and judgmental. No, this means I worry. should overcome this feeling of be feeling bad about saying hello to him and push through, and it, it wouldn't have worked out. Yeah, a lot of like self-help, they, they, they encourage you to overcome that and muscle no. your way through, but more important to get into flow with love and life when we act and that's when because yes. when we feel prosperous prosperity follows us you know what it does it makes us it changes us from being repulsive to magnetic and yes. attractive it yes. makes us attractive yeah so let's take a breath to clear our okay. mind <sighs> we're in the money the skies are sunny ah <sighs> We're in the money. The skies are sunny. <sighs> We're in the money. The skies are sunny. <sighs> All right, coming up next, Radical Lover Boy, author of Radical Love, uh, Satish Kumar, helps us to relax our grip and enjoy the trip with today's reading. Relax. Thank you for listening to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. Welcome back to the second segment. You made it with today's guest is uh, Satish Kumar, the radical lover boy. And Ed's going to introduce him with a reading we have. First, this is, we're, I hope Satish knows, this is an unorthodox podcast. There's many normal interview podcasts where you can hear about Satish and all the normal ways. We want to really get to know this fellow. First thing I want to say is Grace Deathridge said, I am blessed with Satish's presence in my working life. It feels like play when he's around. Much like the Funniest Thing podcast, I find him to be an inspiration, reminding me to pay attention to truth and love. I'm inspired by his global walk for peace as a young man walking 8,000 miles without money and meeting Martin Luther King Jr., among other things. I'm also inspired by his continual enthused service, which I know is his joy. So that's what Grace said when we heard about his book, Radical Love, and the, his uh, approach to life. I immediately thought of the, one of the first readings from Eric Butterworth I ever read was called Be a Center of Love. This book was given to me also at Unity Village 
of many years back, and it says, When the world around you is in turmoil, you may be confused as to where you should stand. When social issues become polarized and politicized, people may be demand to know, are you for us or against us? It is important to know that you need not become trapped in divisiveness. You can take a stand for unity. The one thing to be against is the tendency to react in anger and hostility, to give vent to feelings of bias and prejudice. And the important thing to do is be, the important thing to be for is the way of love. It says you can be a positive onlooker. It's not a passive or weak-willed function. He, his is a dynamic activity. Even though he takes no stand for or against, anyone can become an arbiter of good feelings, a center of love. And our understanding of Satish is that you, sir, are a center of love. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you. It's so nice to hear your, um, uh, your beautiful voice and, and also your beautiful smile. Hey, thank you, sir. Well, it takes one to know one. You have a beautiful <laughs> smile yourself. Yes. That's the first thing we noticed about you is the smile. And that was the first thing we said. I think we can have this fellow on the show because he seems to be exuding joy, which is what we love. <laughs> so, um, first of all, having listened to the show, do you have any thoughts you want to share related to anything you've been hearing? I mean, I, you, have, you have captured in a very beautiful way that rather than being against someone or being for someone, um, and and polarization, I think love transcends all those opposition, and we are all one together in, in the journey of life mm. and a journey of transformation. And that companionship is without judgment. And when you start to make judgment, you lose love. Oh. Love goes beyond judgment. Can I say something? I can't believe you're saying this about judgment, Satish. I make notes to myself in the morning yeah. after I do my meditation. And yeah. I just read this to Ed because this, this idea of judgment came up. Here it is. And this is what I wrote to myself. Judgment yeah. hypnotizes me. This is when I'm being judgmental. Yes. This isn't me seeing other people judge. I'm talking about me. Judgment yeah. hypnotizes me into a nightmare. Yes. It always puts me in at odds. It, it, it disrupts my peace. Mm. Yeah. No matter what I'm judging, it, it's a hypnosis that I fall under until someone comes along and snaps me out of it. The way I could snap myself out of it is getting back to trusting God. And moving forward with joyful expectancy, knowing that I am not, like, like you said, Ed, I can detach with love by saying, you know what? I approve of that. It doesn't need to be part of, I don't need to make it part of my understanding. I can bless it, be an arbiter of peace instead mm. of, because the judging and the, the, the disease is starting to happen in my mind. Mm. Then it gets worse when I share that with another person, because now there's two of us thinking that way. Mm. Now, the thing is that when you, when you criticize somebody and say, you are not good, you are doing this wrong, you are doing that wrong, you are kind of putting yourself above somebody else. Whereas when you appreciate somebody, rather than criticize somebody, in our relationship with 
anyone, friends, family, wife, husband, mother, father, colleagues, anyone, when we start to criticize and complain, you didn't do that right, or you did not do this right, or always complaining, criticizing, that is a kind of judgment. Whereas in my radical love, what I'm saying to, um, to my readers is that um, we need to go beyond criticism and beyond right and wrong. There's a very beautiful um, line by Rumi, um, uh, Rumi poet, uh, Sufi poet Rumi. He said, there's a field beyond right and wrong. I will meet you there. Yes. And that is where, that is where we need to transcend this kind of dualism and, and a judgmental criticism and complaining and accept reality because each and every one of us are different. We cannot, this is the kind of beauty of the universe and the gift of God that each and every one of us, 8 billion people on this planet Earth, each and every one is unique as a gift uh, from God, gift from the universe. As a child, we are unique. And when you start to compare, criticize, complain, then you want don't want them to be different. You want to be like yourself. And this is the key to, to radical love, that you go beyond this critical, complaining, judging, and, and, and a kind of right and wrong. First, accept other people as they are, and then work together and companionship. And in that, um, in that kind of participation of life, you transform each other, you influence each other, you change each other in a without kind of judging way. That's the kind of radical love. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's funny that it's almost like radical is it only needs to be added in this world relative to a world that doesn't believe that love can really transform everything. Because really, when we settle into that love you're describing, it's just love, right? It's just, yeah. and it's so powerful and it's so amazing. How do you um, yourself, because we really want our people listening to the show if they're in their car or wherever they are, what are the, what are the things you do in the moment? Or when do you have a morning routine you do to, to stay attuned to this? Because I know it's, it's sometimes it's easier said than done at yeah. the moment. So what do you do to keep yourself in the flow with this radical love? <clears throat> yes, yes. I mean, the thing is that one thing I do, I mean, I've been married to my beloved wife, June, for the last 52 years. And in those 52 years, every single day, we read something together uplifting, mm. something inspiring. A, a beautiful book by, by uh, poets like Rumi or, uh, or Wendell Berry from America or Walt Whitman or, or Henry David Thoreau or, or people like that. And then uh, and Tagore in India. So we have read hundreds of books. Um, every morning, 7 a.m., we have a cup of tea together and we read something uplifting, something inspiring, something poetic, something um, uh, wisdom. Uh, not superficial reading, but something profound reading. And that, that working, reading together inspires us. Then I also, um, I mean, I write books like I have written Radical Love, but I also enjoy working together in a garden. 
working when you are working in the garden the magic of nature and the miracle of nature and your love for flowers and fruit and vegetables and and the plants and 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 even insects and and butterflies and bees and wasps and and earthworms that love extends from human love to love of nature and at the moment we are kind of destroying nature because we we use nature only as a resource for economic growth or something materialism but we have to start loving nature in a slightly more profound way so i love gardening and when i go in the garden i say like my meditation so love meditation love of the garden love of plants love of insects love of butterflies and bees and 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 and, uh, and ladybird and and so many other things and the water so so that is what i do and then of course i started schumacher college where i teach but i always say to um to young people there that what i'm teaching you is nothing but love all our philosophy it means love of wisdom we have forgotten we have made philosophy into academic subject and a kind of language and words and 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 a kind of intellectual ideas and academic ideas but that's not philosophy philosophy is love of wisdom and and the love of wisdom is human love as well as the love of nature and, and also i said love yourself because quite often we don't love ourselves we think love means loving somebody else but i said no you have to start loving yourself you don't love yourself how are you going to love somebody else that's my daily practice i like that daily practice it made me think <laughs> about my daily practice yeah cuz in the morning i start with it's a little bit different my wife's a late sleeper and i am not so i let her yeah. sleep while she's sleeping i'm doing my readings it's ironic yes. though that we end up reading the same books and yeah. she'll remind me of something later on in the day if she hears me falling out of alignment with life. That's right out of something that I read. And um, it's very loving and keeps me attracted. But one of the things that I keep to engage this too is, like you said, appreciation. And, you know, it's good for our listeners to know not to get depressed over the ideas that, you know, we're we don't really love our environment as a collective whole because by each one of us appreciating our little piece and what's in our little um, garden, our little garden, whatever that is, whether yeah. you live in the city yeah. and you, your garden is like mine, I take a daily walk. My garden includes my dog, our cat, you know, Absolutely. and it, it just, and I see the like God in them. And then when I go on my walk, I send love. This is my exercise to get me feeling in tune with everyone I pass. I don't necessarily means I have to go, hey, I love you, but I am loving them in my mind. I'm seeing love go towards them. And I've shared this on the show before. It is incredible how so many people spontaneously respond to that love without me, you know, externalizing mm -hmm. it other than. I'm thinking it, I'm feeling it towards them, like blessing them and letting them go on their way. And they'll smile and wave, and I feel so, wow, I love this stranger. I love this person. The other day I got to the top of the hill, and there was a young guy up there. And where I take my walk, Satish, 
it is people of all different colors uh, where yes. my walk is. It's Ed knows that. It's not like yeah, it's the Hill and Culver City. It's over the there. Hill and Culver City. It's not like there's other areas where it's predominantly certain types of folks. But this oh, yeah. is everyone's this, on that hill. Everyone's on this hill, Satish, and I love it. And I get to the top, and there's a young guy, you know, fit, no shirt, you know, and he's up there, and I'm probably old enough to be his grandfather. And I notice he has this really nice camera, you know? So I said, that's an awesome camera you got there. And he goes, oh, yeah, I just got it. I'm looking at it. I go, does that send the actual picture out of it? Right. And he goes, yeah. Want me to take your picture? And I'm like, okay. He took my picture. His name's Daniel. I told him, man, you just made my day. But it really is like this is the stuff that gives me chills. You know, yeah. when I was very young and misguided, I thought, what's the use if I can't participate in something much grander than these ideas? But these ideas are the grand ideas. These exactly. actions are the grand activities. Yeah. Because you yeah. work in your garden. The moment yes. you put, uh, uh, the moment you put love in ordinary something, the moment you put love in it, it becomes extraordinary. Yes, that's Ordinary it. is transformed into extraordinary just with that love. Yes, and it and doesn't end. I, yeah, exactly. This is why I put the radical and love together. Because sometimes, um, uh, Darren and Ed, you know, some people are very radical activists. They want to change the world. They want to do this. They want to do that. They're very great activists. But they lack love. Yes. And other times you see people who are very loving, very, very wonderful, but they lack a bit of activism. Uh, but somebody like, as you in your introduction, you said, I had a great privilege of meeting Martin Luther King. And I found him combining radical love because he was absolutely embodiment of love. When I met him, I was sort of aura of love around him, kind of embodiment of love. And at the same time, he was very radical. So this, this combination of, um, of being active to transform the world, like Mahatma Gandhi, another example of radical love. Uh, acting to transform the world and yet full of love in their heart. No hatred, no revenge, and no animosity, no anger, but without of love, you act. And that is what I want to bring together. Those who have love in their heart, I want them to be a bit more radical. And those who are radical activists, I want them to be a bit more loving. And when you love and radicalism come together, then we can make a beautiful world and which is a beautiful world already we have, but we can make this even more beautiful. I love it, man. That is fantastic. You're speaking our language. Yes, yes. Because even in the new thought community where we um, draw a lot of our wisdom and our love of wisdom from the new thought teachers, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, Emmett Fox, Catherine Ponder, all these different writers, um, there's a radicalism to it in that when they when Unity was developed, it was breaking free from the confines of what Christ's message had been kind of, you know. Dogma. It wasn't. And, they um, said if, if Christ yeah, said yeah. we can heal, we want to heal. If Christ said yes. prosperity, then we want prosperity. We don't want the sort of watered-down version of it. We want to bring this into our lives and into the world and live it fully. 
So I love what you're saying there. And I love the, as a surfer, man, come on, radical. That's a great word for me. And I've definitely been a radical person in rock bands. And so I like the way you're saying this because it's really helping me to understand how to weave all this together. Because Daryl and I are radical in, in our own right, because we allow yeah. ourselves to have real feelings yeah. about things that don't feel right for us and be loving. I love it. It's like fire and water. It's like it's all coming together, you know? You yeah. know what? It's crazy that you're bringing this up because yesterday Ed and I went to a, a function that had a lot of activists, but, yes. but they didn't have the love. And then, yeah. so Ed and I had to all keep throughout the process because some of them were nice people, but it was so, they got, they forgot the love in their activism to the point where, yeah. Afterwards, Daryl and Ed needed to like, because a lot of the time we were there, we were re rejecting and reassessing, you know, just within ourselves. Because we're very empathic, you know, we're empaths and so we feel all this energy yeah. around us, you know. And we had to regroup and realize, okay, well, why did this cause, why did we feel this way? Oh, well, and you just gave it the perfect, you clarified what we were experiencing. There was a lot of activism there but very little love. There were yeah. some very loving, creative people yeah. there. I seem to gravitate to those tables more because it was void of the, the harshness. The judgmental the judge, Yeah, the judgment of just being against something. And that's the problem, too. Many of them were so focused on being against something, they were giving more power and resistance it felt to the thing they were against right yeah 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 no you know that really speaking people like mahatma gandhi and martin luther king or jesus christ and saint francis and mother teresa these great examples we have of radical love they are not against something no they are for they are transformation. They are for transformation of human consciousness, and also they say there are two kinds of love. Um, one is a moderate love, and one is a radical love. Moderate love is loves somebody who loves you. You expect them to love you back, and you love somebody you like, you agree with. They say yes, I agree with you. I love you. I like you. Uh, we agree. But radical love goes a bit further, a step further, and loves somebody who may not love you back. So you drop your expectation of, of being loved back, and you love unilaterally, unilateral love, unconditional love, love without expectation that I will be loved back. And that's a kind of, uh, Jesus Christ, I think, is a supreme example of that. That you love without expectation, yeah. without even these people you don't agree with, even if you don't like somebody and you love them, you they are humans. They are they have a heart. They have a possibility of transformation. And they have a, a possibility of um, lifting their soul and 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 finding God within. Each one of us have God within. Um, nobody is deprived of that inner spirit, but that is hidden. That's kind of uh, a kind of dormant. And therefore, by unilateral love, unconditional love, you can arouse that hidden love even in somebody who is a little bit um, kind of deprived of love. So you can evoke that love by unconditional and unilateral love 
even without expectation. That is a kind of uh, love that I want to to uh, to promote. That you love without expectation. I agree, man. I agree wholeheartedly, and I think, I mean, that at the essence, this is true love. Everything else is a, a grabbing for things. I mean, I, I, the thing I love about the Christ is when, when in the stories in the Bible. He did not come to the beggar and say, oh, I feel sorry for you that you're a beggar. He basically said, you don't need to beg anymore. You are whole. He saw the wholeness within the person who thought, you know, he healed. And a lot of the, the stories are about someone who was already, like he's talking to crowds of people, but it was the people who had a receptivity. No matter who they were, they had a receptivity to receive that Christ. And those were the ones who were completely transformed, and then he blessed the rest, and if they didn't want to receive it, he shook the dust. You know, remember he told, who was it, Paul or something, shake the dust off your sandals and yeah. keep moving. I still love you, and keep moving, keep moving, because he knew love as the truth, the truth that sets us free, right? That's, that's what I think about the radical part of it. We have to find the thing that we love and know and understand so well and stay true to it, like whether it's gardening or cars or whatever it is that we love in our heart. And stay, and it's the radical. I think is the part to stay true to it. Like I work with children. I work in special uh, in special education. I have a really good knack for psychology and working with kids. And it's the radical part for me is when the institution that I work for says do it this way or that way. I ignore a lot of the things because I know what works and I stay with it and exactly. I do it lovingly. Exactly. I don't argue. Yeah. I just keep the. I just keep doing it the way I know. You know when. You you know, um, uh, Ed. When I wa was walking around the world, yes, I walked from New Delhi to Washington, apart from the Atlantic Ocean, and eight thousand miles. It took me nearly two and a half years, and I went without a single penny in my pocket. Two and a half years, fifteen countries. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Georgia, Russia, Germany, France, England, America, Japan. And you say, without a penny, without a single dollar in my pocket, only out of love in my heart that I was going to the strangers and strangers looked after me. They fed me. They gave me bed for the night. They gave me shoes when my shoes were worn out. They gave me clothes when my clothes were worn out. I had nothing in my um, hand, just love in my heart. Two and a half years without touching a single dollar, a single cent. And 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 so I experienced that radical love in my life. Yes. I could go through unknown countries, unknown languages, um, Christian countries, Muslim countries, communist countries, capitalist countries, rich countries, poor countries, and everywhere that love of humanity I experienced. So, so I experienced that love in my heart. Yes. Could so without uh, uh, my money, if there was a checkbook, it was a visa card or credit card, my love was my credit card. The yes. love was my yes. The love was my dollar. Love was my currency. Yes. Well, that's why these teachers we read called a principle. Love is principle. When we have love, it draws love back to us. It's something we can rely on, right? It's something you can truly trust. It, that's where we these things that we talk about on the show and you're talking about, it brings the only real security there is in the world to find that thing that is truly reliable, which is this radical love you're talking about. When we follow the thread of this love, it's principle. It will yeah. come back to us. We will be shown the way. The doors will open. 
our health improves, our joy, our relationships yes. improve because it's the first time in my life I feel secure in these principles of true love. And they work no matter where we go, like you're describing. Well, That's amazing. And it's a great example of how we don't have to fight for opportunities or yes. scheme for opportunities. Let's just continue to love in our own little garden with our own little people that are right in front of us right now or our pets and just appreciate, appreciate what's right here right now. And it's as if everything we would need materializes. It's the opposite of what a lot of what has been taught through the years and years and years right. of how to survive. But it's, it's not the, it's funny because this now seems radical, like what Ed said, when really the teaching of having to fight and scheme and push and shove and bite to get what I want and fend off others and they're bad and we're not. And if you're with them, forget about you because they're going to cause problems for us and we won't get what we need to survive. That's radical. This is, seems, it seems radical, but this is really the only thing that works. It brings true peace, man. It brings true peace. Yeah, and I love what you're saying, too, because then when we're activism, it when we're going to take out, it's not that we sit around and, oh, I'm just no. going to sit in my garden. Then we feel inspired to go yes. out. And then when we want to make a change, like for me, in the last year, I started speaking up more in my school. And I was speaking up from love, and I met the people who were receptive to it, and I formed more alliances because I was inspired not by war, but by yes. love and wanting more love for my students, more love for my staff, my colleagues. In the past, when I thought it was a battle, when I had more activism and less love, oh, I, it was, I would just run up against, I'd end up arguing with the wrong people. Yes. But when I have the love in my heart, and I'm doing the activism part you're talking about, then I make real alliances like you. I mean, you're a living example of someone who's speaking with fire and love and it's and you're creating avenues in the world and blessing so many people. It's such an honor to uh, have you on the show today, sir. This is my pleasure. It's my pleasure because I believe that love is the essence of life. Love is the purpose of life. When you do whatever you are doing, whether you are writing a book or you are gardening, or you are cooking, or you are uh, w working in an office, or doing a business, or doing a politics, or anything you do. If you do it for love and with love, then your work will shine. <laughs> Whereas if you do for money, for name, for fame, for power, for prestige, uh, for status, uh, for some award, some recognition, all those things don't bring you any happiness. Yes. Just superficial. But if you do it, whatever you are doing, you're doing it for love. And, and, and you are, all your work, all your thinking, all your writing is imbibed and informed and, 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 and a kind of permeated with love. Then whatever you do, it will bring you happiness, bring you joy. But if you are seeking name, fame, power, money, status, position, all those things, however much you seek, you never get it, and you are never happy, you are right. never satisfied. The only way to be happy is to imbibe your life and all your work and all your words with love. And you are that's a kind of passport passport for happiness. So true. And we could do it right now. That's yes, the best that's part. The key. You don't have to wait to get anywhere. I we could be happy right now. Every listener right now. could be happy right now by just starting to appreciate. If you're listening to us in the car, 
oh my God, look at I'm driving this car. I have a driver's license. Yes. I can go anywhere I want. I got air conditioning in my car right. as I listen to Daryl. That's how I get my appreciation and my love flowing when I'm thinking not so lovingly. I just start appreciating the little things. And there's so many things to be appreciative of. Yes. That's the Christ in when we embody that, then it heals the part of me that yes. thought I needed to be a beggar. Yeah. And it turns me now into someone who has something to give everyone, yes. which is love. And when I speak with love, even the people in the back who I don't even know, like when you're speaking, Satish, I'm just thinking, people in the room, our hearts start to yeah. swell. Like, cause you're speaking, you're, you're like hitting that note that is resonating in my heart. And now we're activating, that's activism too, because it's activating the love all around us that might've been falling asleep, like you were saying. And now it's, we're helping to wake that up. And then we're really at home here. We, I, I really believe I came here to bring this love to be a channel. We all come here to, to shine this light. It's such a gift that we're even here while yeah. we're here. More and more I see this. It's, it is, we are all rich because we're in these bodies and we have these powerful minds and imaginations and we have this intrinsic love that each one of us has things that we love more, are interested in. If we pursue those things that are in each one of us, then the whole world gets transformed for the better. Yes. Absolutely. And, and love can work and should work at every level. Mm -hmm. Personal level, family level, friendship yes. level, in a workplace, in politics, in economics, in business, whatever we do at every level of our life, love has to be the guiding principle, mm -hmm. the organizing principle, and the permeating throughout. Then I think we can, at the moment, our our focus has become much more on money. Yes. Money becomes a kind of guiding principle. I want to replace um, uh, replace that uh, with love. And I want to say the guiding principle, the organizing principle of politics, of society, of, uh, of business, of industry, of workplace, of family life, uh, of whatever, at every level, if we put love in the center and then money, power, politics, business, industry, all those things can have their place. There's nothing wrong with yes. anything. Or we need them. We need business. We need politics. We need uh, schools. We need universities. We need everything. But what is the purpose behind it? All those things are good and necessary and useful for our uh, daily functioning of life. Yes. But the inner principle of, of the, all those organizations should be love yes. rather than money or name or fame or power. Yes, because we've been lied to because fear has taken over the conversation and it lies and says love is weakness. It lies and says, no, it's fear that's protecting us. It's all nonsense. The universe is driven by love. It's principle behind everything. Like you, like you say, when you're in your garden, you feel this, you know this. When I surf, I know it's love that's guard. Like when I'm yeah, connected exactly. with my students, I know it's love. It's so obvious. It's just that fear has been in so many heads lying to us and going, no, no, no. That, that's just weakness. And it's not. It's the most powerful thing. I mean, look at us. We're all, we get to talk to you and do this show. And this is the most powerful feeling I can have when this joy starts to flow. Yeah, because once love falls out of the out of my mind or anyone's mind, then it turns into worry and scheming. If I'm yeah. not loving, my mind starts to worry and scheme. I better do this. I better protect myself. I better say this. I better not say that. Or I might cause this. And it becomes all about self-protection. Yes. And then I'm done. But then it's over. And I may be moving through life, and I may seem to get what I want and pay my bills, 
but I'm dead. And I love the definition. There's in the Bible. And like I said, we're not theologians, so you probably, listeners, know where these parts are better than I, but I do know they're in there. And uh, one is, and I think it's John in the chapter by, you know, John, where it's God is love. And wherever love is, so is God. And I use that one a lot, especially if I'm in a gym or I'm feeling out of sorts. I go, wait, all I have to do, which is at my disposal, I could bring love into the situation. And as soon as I bring love generated from within me, the way I'm changing my perspective in the moment, and it could be saying hi, could be sending a smile just to get that love moving through me. Now God's in the situation, meaning all the power of the universe for good is now in this situation. And man, that is so exhilarating. And I guarantee you, if you try this experiment in your own life, whether you're at the register or in line and someone has more than 15 items and you're in the express line, try sending love to get you out of the judgment. And I guarantee, I could guarantee it, that you will be surprised about how without even saying a word, or maybe you're inspired to say something kind out of the blue, it shifts. And it shifts in a way that you're going, oh my God, Daryl, Ed, and Satish are right. This stuff really works. This stuff is practical. They're not just talking about good ideas and saying love is, we all know love's a nice thing to think of. No, they're talking about a practical way of living that love is the most practical way to solve problems and transform situations, everyday situations, for the better. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because you said um, uh, very rightly that God is not a person. God is not somebody with a long beard right. and, and the clouds. The love, right. the love, God is love. Yes. Love yes. is God. And God is love. If you believe in God, then you believe in love. Yes. And then love permeates throughout. You know, uh, sun loves us and therefore gives us life and light and warmth. Yes. And the rain loves us because they give you quench the thirst of everyone without any judgment. Water does not discriminate uh-huh. against anyone. You are a king. You are a beggar. You are a, you are a priest. You are a prisoner. You are a saint, a sinner. You are rich or poor. Whoever you are, water loves everyone. I so, love it. Yeah. So, so water quenches thirst of everyone. So we are seventy percent water. We have to make water as our teacher, mm. a guide, spiritual guide, and say, like water quenches the thirst of everyone. I will quench the thirst of everyone for love. Yes. And that is God. God is love. Love is God. God yes. is not a person. And God expresses itself through water, through sunshine, through air. We breathe and we, and the soil which gives us nourishes food. So love is the fundamental principle of life. And that is God. God yes. is not a person. God is love. Yes. Did you see the that reading, Relax, that we sent to you, uh, Satish? Do you have yes. that reading? Yes. Because that talks yes. about water. Would you mind reading that? For us, yes. I uh, let me see. Um, let me see. Yes, um, I'll find it somewhere. Hey, man, we are radical lovers. You got us, man. We are hooked. We encourage everyone to be a radical lover, man. We are so blessed that you are here today. This is awesome. This is really 
given us a lot to think about. Like you bring so much energy to this. this well, you know amazing. what I love that you bring. Yeah, here is here is the, the reading. All right, let's hear yes. the reading. He's a ready to go. Stream flows before me, reflecting the expanse of the sky. Rays of sunlight glistens on the surface like diamonds with each gentle movement of the water. With little effort, the water flows free of resistance. I match my breathing to the rhythm of the spring, taking my cue to loosen and become more fluid like water, just as sediment and sand settle to the bottom of the stream. I feel my body similarly relaxing. All anxiety and restlessness begin to fall away. Free of tension, I become open, unwinding from the pressure I had been carrying. When stress and worry tell me to push through, I remember the water's wisdom. I move with increasing ease, going with the flow instead of resisting it. This is beautiful. This is why I thought of water as a kind of water loves all living beings. Water nourishes without discrimination, without judgment. We started our talk with judgment. Water makes no judgment, yes. no discrimination, no um, any comparison. Everyone who's thirsty have water, whoever you are. Love is without discrimination, without judgment, without putting, I love somebody who is good and I don't love somebody who is not good. Water does not say, I only good people can drink me. Bad people, sinners and prisoners and, and criminals cannot drink me. Everyone can drink. Yeah. That's the ultimate love. The love, love your enemy. As Jesus Christ said, water loves everybody and water has no enemy. I have no enemy, Darrell and Ed. I went through Muslim countries, Christian countries, communist countries, capitalist countries. I said, you are all my friends. Yes. Whoever you are. It's only label. Being a Hindu or Muslim or Christian is a label. My religion is love. The whole cosmos is my country. Whole planet is my home. Yes. Nature is my nationality. And love is my religion. Then I can go to Pakistan or Russia or China or America. I can be with Hindus and Muslims and Christians. Doesn't matter. Love is my religion. And then I can be a Hindu or you can be a Muslim or you can be a Christian. Doesn't matter. As long as love is your religion, that's a, that's a true religion. All other religions are just a kind of expressions of love and a kind of name and a title and a label. But you have to go beyond label and say, Cosmos is my country, planet is my home, nature is my nationality, and love is my religion. Yes. All our animosity drop away. Yeah. Whoa. Well, now we know we got to wrap this up because you got to get going. Yes. But we do have a little story you might not remember, uh, Satish. Yes, we sometimes find stories on the internet that may or may not be true, but we'll find out. Uh, by the way, check out Radical Love. The book by Satish Kumar. Check out. He has so many great interviews on um, YouTube. On YouTube, where you can find out more of the traditional email. I mean, interview style. <laughs> we wanted to get into the heart and soul of oh. what makes this man tick, and I think we've done it, man. This has been amazing. What What I wanted to say earlier was, you know, what you've done for us and our listeners, and I really appreciate it. I know Ed does too. Is that you took a deep 
dark, thick, black Sharpie marker and underlined and highlighted the truth that we all believe and that we can all agree about, that God is love. And when we bring love to anything, we transform it for the better. And we each and every one of us has that power to choose to do that. Right. So I got to thank exactly. you for doing that for all of us today. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? When you were talking about water, water is a teacher about love. Because yes. this is what has saved my life is that I realized love is always loving through me, unconditionally available all the time. It's just a matter of, am I letting it in? Am I in alignment with it? Am I? But it it has saved my life because it has given me true security, and I and it, I've it's helped me to learn and become a constant le learner. How do I keep seeing everyone else as unconditionally love? How do I see myself as unconditionally love at every moment? And it changed. It continues to change my world. And I love better. that you wrapped up the show with talking about these are just labels because we opened the show with talking about labeling my former yes. dog a pit bull. Or an Australian brindle That's hound. right. You know, and it's how we perceive things. We tend to label them. And let's throw out the labels and we could put love as the label on everything. Yeah, exactly. That's the best label. Sometimes a little chat like we had today with people with an with a idea for unconditional love. We find out we're all on the same page, man. It's yes! So anyway, we're all human. We all feel grumpy about work sometimes. Even Satish. Even Daryl and Ed over here. We get snippy with each other. One day, Satish took his eight-year-old daughter to the office on a take-your-kid-to-work day. As they were walking around the office, she was getting crankier and crankier, crying and sobbing. Satish asked his daughter, what was wrong? As the concerned office staff gathered around, she sobbed loudly. Daddy, where are all the clowns you said you worked with? <laughs> <laughs> We have a song from, uh, who are these guys? The Reclaimers. The Reclaimers. Proclaimers. 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 I don't know. Are they the Reclaimers so this or Proclaimers? <laughs> we got a song for you, Satish. Because okay. when he wakes, wakes up, up, well, we, we know, know he's going to be. He's going to be the man who wakes up loving you. And when, when he goes out, yeah, we know he's going to be. He's going to be the man who goes along with you. And if he gets drunk. Well, we know he's going to be, he's going to be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if he havers, hey, we know he's going to be, he's going to be the man who's havering to you. Satish would walk 8,000 miles and Satish would walk 8,000 more just to be the man who walks 8,000 miles to fall down at your door. Visit DarylNed.com. Satish, radical love, we love you. <laughs> to find links to everything we do. And once again, thank you for being a part of Funniest Thing with Daryl. Satish would walk 8,000 miles and Satish would walk 8,000 more just to be the man who walks 8,000 Miles to fall down at your door. <laughs> wow, wow. We love you, Satish. Wow. What a lovely, lovely show. Hey. Thank you very much, uh, both of you. You are amazing. You God are wonderful. Bless. I love you. We love you. You have you. a lovely heart. 
Oh. And, and, and may your show go from strength to strength and may it inspire many, many millions of people around the world. Oh thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you. Yeah. Tell thank your wife you. we thank said you. hi, Tell too. June we love her, yeah, too. we love her, too. Okay, thank I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards. Five hundred dollars. Really? See, two hundred dollars for this. One hundred dollars for you. What the hell? <laughs> oh, no, no. Two hundred dollars for you. Are you serious? Yeah. I give you When you record your podcast at Chobo Studios, you're helping people in need. Here at Chobo, we take a bold stance on helping the community by giving away 10% of all revenue, not just profit, to kind, hardworking people in the streets of Los Angeles. And thanks to all these wonderful podcasters, we've been able to give $1,400 this year alone through our kindness initiative, Chobo Kindness. Brought to you by Chobo Studios, LA's premier podcasting powerhouse. Follow for more.